New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. Giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Okay, welcome back to Toolbox Talks. I'm joined with my co-host Ben Steiner, and we're talking about we're talking about big business. Really, Ben has uh, run an empire uh, in the past. He doesn't do that anymore. He got out of it. But um, we're, we've got a series where we we've broken it down into four sections. In the last uh, episode, we spoke about how to not overcapitalize and run lean. Um, in this episode, we're talking about how to build a $12 million business. Now, Ben, you're one of the few people that I know that's actually um, that's had the runs on the board in that regard. What is the progression to growing a $12 million business? How does it get that big? Uh, I guess it depends on your vision and what you wanted to do. You know, like in the last episode, I was talking about how, you know, I had 10, 20 guys and then, then I thought if I can do it in, in this area and, and in this system, there's no reason why I can't pick it up and go other places. So, and that's how we grew. And then there was, there was serv- other services that, other than plumbing, which was what we originally did, um, like building and electrical, that instead of going and hire an electrician, we, we um, um, employed one. Right. And then, and then when we were out on the jobs, we would give incentive to the plumbers to, or the builders to plug work for the electrician and vice versa. So they'd get a little um, bonus for on selling extra work. So, yeah, okay. So it started as plumbing. Yeah, it, started, yeah, it started as plumbing. Yeah. Um, I, I did do building with my father because he was a licensed builder as well, but um, yeah, it all started as plumbing. Yeah, okay. So then, like, was it was that just through an observation? You thought, you know what, I, we're getting a lot of call for electrical work here. Why don't I just bolt on electrical? Yeah, well, every time we ripped a service out or um, <laughs> had to move for the service, we'll pay a contractor to do it. So and I thought, well, we'll, we'll why do that when we can... Um, Repair my own own (laughs) muck-ups. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh. Completely true. But, um, yeah, so that's how it started. It was just a a need and, um, yeah, we just went from there. Yeah, wow. So how many, um, I suppose, at the peak, how many many guys did you have running? There was 65 staff altogether. Wow. How many trucks was that? We had over 40, somewhere between 45, 50 trucks. (laughs) Good guy. That is a uh, man. That must get pretty. How do you run a, uh, an organization that big? So, what what kind of what kind of managerial structure did you have in place to to for that to be able to run smoothly? I mean, you can't just have sixty five tradies running yeah, around. If I, if I look at it in a, I like to look at it in a practical point of view. I had a marketing person. Yeah. Had thought the phone call rings. Uh, the call center person picks up the the phone, answers it, takes it, books it in. Uh, dispatch allocates it, so we had we had probably about seven people answering the phones, two dispatchers, and then you think about okay, you got to give someone a truck, 
We had two guys down the workshop, kitting out trucks, restocking them, oil brakes, filters, any other jetta repairs or any other maintenance what they'd do. So we'd, we'd give them a fully equipped truck so it had everything, everything they needed in it. Uh, concrete saws, jackhammers, the whole lot. Obviously, we had a roof over that. We had two factories. And then before the guy goes out, he had to be trained. So I'd train the guys every week. That was that's sort of my forte. I can do lots of things, but I'm good at that. And then they'd go out and um, hopefully make your money. And we had systems where we'd measure how much money they brought in for the for the week. They'd get a bonus if they did well. If they didn't, they'd get, they'd get brought in and we'd do a one-on-one review of them and see what was wrong and yeah. make sure that many, many little business was making money every week. So did you have guys out in the field that were kind of overseeing the technicians or was that you? No, uh, we, we, we did have senior guys out there who would go around and check things. But a lot of the guys, if they got a call back, they wouldn't get the bonus. So we would enforce quality work by, you know, from the incentives. So it was in everybody's interest not to get a call back and make sure the job's done right the first time. Okay. And we train that as well. So a few guys slipped through the cracks, but eventually they would, you know, get caught up and we'd either pun them or, or we'd, you know, we'd iron out the, the wrinkles. Yeah. And so does that often come back to training, do you think? I mean, um, I, I guess people, you're always going to find some people that just don't fit the, fit the model, but... Yeah, I think you've answered it. Yeah. But yeah, training's a, training's a big part of it. And like I was talking about in the last, the last talk we had was um, about that momentum of, you know, how you operate. So once you set the pace and the standard, then usually everybody else follows. So you've got to keep that up. Yeah. So I, I read somewhere that the bigger the business, the bigger the problems everything kind of gets count, compounded with scale. Tell us about some of the struggles that you, know, you had in running a business, you know, a $12 million business in the space of maybe staff, clients, marketing, facilitation, all that kind of stuff. Oh, there's heaps of problems. There's, um, Is it true that the bigger the business, the bigger the problem? Yeah, yeah definitely because um, people get away with things a lot easier because it's, the accountability drops off. Right. It's harder to have, it's, it's hard to have someone who's, Anal about making sure everything's right and who can lay down the law. Yeah, I don't ever. I never had a problem with that because I knew what I wanted, um, and I just go out out and do it. In some some times in in my life, I sort of I doubted myself, which I shouldn't have. I should have just you know just kept plugging the way and did it my way. Yeah, yeah. The, well, like I mean, we had all sorts of problems. We had like uh, media problems. Yeah, um, we had staffing issues because the grass is always greener on the other side or some other country. We had, we had a lot of companies that would poach our guys because I would I'd spend the time training them up and they'd get really good and then someone would drive past them in traffic and say, oh, I'll offer you four bucks an hour more. Right. And then, But I've, I've invested, you know, hundreds of hours in all. Yeah. And what do you do? You know, you can't just keep paying guys yeah. more money. It just it never, it never ends. Yeah. So all that, where we get a smaller team, it's all a bit closer and everybody's more accountable and less... Yeah, there's less cracks. Yeah, shorter ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's more personal too. You know, it's not just this guy who's you know running around with his head cut off. All, you know, you don't really don't really know. You don't really care. You know. Yeah, just a number. Yeah. I mean, it must get to a point where you run, you know you got 65 staff on hand. That yeah, it must it must get a bit like that. You know, you got so many people coming in and out of the business. It's hard to sort of form that that uh, tight knit group. I would imagine. Yeah, like I knew everybody by name. I mean, there's people out there now that say, oh, I worked for you, and I, and I honestly don't remember because I, I sacked a lot of guys. Yeah. You know, and that was just, that was, um, but, but 
the good guys I always remember and I keep in contact with them on Facebook and yeah. the, guys I, I, the guys that I got along well, well with, you know, so, yeah. What about clients? Like, how do you, I imagine, you know, you know I've spoken to, a, you know, a couple of um, business owners that have large businesses and they, you know, they, they often come back to the, you know, sometimes it's the clients are, are very often, you know, the, one of the hardest struggles in the business. Um, and they say the bigger they get, the the harder the problems are with their clients. Did you come across any, you know, how how do you keep your clients in line when you're running a business of that size? Like, are there systems in place, or is there, you know, how do you keep everyone? How do you keep everyone happy? Well, I suppose you can't keep everyone happy, but how do you how do you try to keep them happy? I don't know if I was all that good at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I um look at at the end of the day, what happens is when you get really big. You get attacked on all levels. You get attacked by the media. You get attacked by your competition because they see your trucks everywhere. Yeah. So you got to remember that that you're this faceless person, and I had my big head on the side of the truck, and they'd say, "Oh, that that guy, uh, you know, they charge this, you know." Um, but they don't take in consideration of the quality of work that we're doing and the service that we're providing, same day service. And can I say it? Yeah, people just. Like the clients, do you think go after? Do you think they go after you because of your, your profile? It's in some well, some stages. It's faceless. The the answer is that if you're a one out guy and you're dealing with a client, you know exactly everything you've said to them. So that when they ring you up and they start telling porkies, you can, they're not going to get away with it. Right. But if they ring a call center and they get the call center person, you know, and the call center person doesn't want anything to do with it, they just they just pacify them and listen to them on the phone until they can get out over to the person who, do, who deals with uh, refunds and complaints. Yeah. And then that person's got to work through it. And the original two people aren't talking. Like the, the person that did the job and the person that yeah. was the customer aren't talking. And maybe that's the answer more is that I, I used to like sending the same guy back out there. Yeah. And get on the phone and have a three-way and say, okay, what happened? And then they can talk through it. And yeah. A lot of the time they go, no, I don't want him back and I want a refund and I want this and I want that. And you just got to give them the money and move on. Yeah, okay. So with, um, you know, you talked, you've talked a fair bit about the, the training days that you would run with your staff. Um, what sort of things would you be training them on? All the way from the start of the job to the end of the job. So preparation the night before, you know, I'd even go down to the point, well, pack your lunch. Are all your clothes ready the night before? You know, is, are they clean and tidy? Do you have your overshoes in a certain position in your truck? Do you have your toolbox in a certain position in your truck so that when you pull up, everything's in a, um, it's got its own hole. So you, everything's systemized so you're not sort of scrambling through a truck all the way through to um, walking up to the front door or the courtesy call before that, knocking on the door, knowing the customer's name, saying the right things, not being even down to the point of not, being Pacific and what the problem is because you'll you'll come up the door and you'll say oh oh Mrs Jones I'm here for your broken water pipe and they look at you and they go I told them on the phone that it was a leaking tap I don't have a broken water pipe yeah so right. straight away you put them off just so those small details all add up to at the end of the day not at the end of the point where you're going to get them to go ahead with a job and you've given them a price you've built you're building rapport all the way and you're actually selling the job all the way up I'd- to that point. I mean, I know a lot of the guys out there today, they, you know, there's a lot of technology they use to kind of put that information in front of them. Um, I don't know if that applied back when you're running your business, but you know, there's a lot of CRMs and project management, job management tools that you, know, all, you can sort of have all that information available to your technician in front of their face. So when they do rock up to the job and they, and they log in, you know, they, they can kind of review all that stuff. Did you guys have all that as well? Yeah, we just had SMS, mate. Oh, oh right. Like as in text message? 
Yeah. So oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's um yeah they they just got to use it yeah. and you got to reinforce force to them that that's important because at the end of the day you'll get you'll win the job you won't have to run to the, get bumped you won't have to run to the next job and and if you do it right you'll get a bonus for what you're doing yeah and you'll have a happy customer and and your life's easier it's not running around out running around with your head cut off and yeah yeah so would that have would that have been your um dispatch manager that that handled that stuff you know sent them out their text messages and yeah yeah okay interesting okay cool well look if i wanted to grow a 12 million dollar business what advice would you give me um well look my advice is it comes to a certain certain size where you got to work out you know to me you're in business to make money and to sell and get out so that's my definition some people might have some other idea but you constantly need to measure and make sure that the effort that you're putting in is generating money or more money for you as as you grow it or make or make it easier. Like I mean, I had ten guys at one stage and I, I retired down the coast for about a couple of years and I got bored down the farm and I was coming up at two days a fortnight. That was great. Yeah. And then I went and had about twenty guys and I was growing and I was making well making a lot of money. Where I remember uh, we had months where I was making $150,000 profit straight off the, you know, and all we're doing is going around doing block drains and leaking taps and toilets. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't doing a real lot of work. I was at the gym a lot of the time. Yeah. So, you know, you got to weigh up and then... So is that a testament? I mean, to me, that sounds like it's a testament of having the right procedures and systems in place for people to follow. Right. Right systems and procedures and people. And people. Yeah. But I guess even like the, from the people side of things, that comes down to the system you have on employing them, right? I mean, this might have been, perhaps this was a subconscious thing when you were hiring people, but I'm sure you would have followed some sort of formula or you would have had something in your head when you were hiring people that, you know, that you, you, know you were looking for certain things. Yeah, you can do lots of things. You can have that um, uh, personality profile with yeah. all the personalities. Yeah. You know, whether you're picking a, a someone who's, who's good at sales or whether someone's a, a good in, technical installer yeah, um, or a phone person, you know. I guess the reality is that at the end of the day, like anyone can bullshit their way through a, you know, through a 15-minute interview, but it doesn't take long for their true, true colours to shine. Yeah, you can only do what you can do. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of times you, you just sit down and you talk to someone and the best thing was just asking a few questions and then for me just to shut up. Yeah. And then they just talk and talk and talk until yeah. you work out you know who they really are and what and what they're about. You know, amazing what people will say. <laughs> they, don't even, they don't even see it. Maybe we'll uh, save that for another episode. Eh? Could do. All right. Well, look, I think that pretty much um, sums that up. I suppose my takeaways from that would be if you if you're going to you know if you want to grow a, a business and you want to scale your existing business, then just you know make sure that it's you know all the all the processes that run up when it's small are in place. So when you are ready to scale, you know, there's, there's, there's procedures that people can follow to make sure that you're getting the same result um, or sorry, that you're getting the result that you, at your level, um, at, at that grander scale. Um, I think that's pretty much, to and me, not, to me that's what I've got out of it. Say again? Not too quickly. Right. And, that, and that's where I think, um, you know, like leasing gear out, you, you can, it's, I don't know if it's the right word for it, but it's not organic growth. You know what I mean? Like if, if you've got to buy something and buy a truck with the profit that you've, that you've made, then that's great. 
you know, and you've got the extra work there, then that's good. But if it's, it's sometimes to be a bit fake to go and lease something and when you don't even have the work or you don't have the money, you know. Right. So that, that could be something that if you did follow that old school system that will keep you in a good position without growing too quick. I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I imagine there would be circumstances where you, you do need to sort of sit back and say, okay, I need to take a bit of a gamble here. Because, I mean, if you're in a scenario where you – I mean, you you do say, for example, you did need to buy an excavator, and you you didn't have the contract, but that was as a result of you not having an excavator. Would that be? I mean, is, does that ever happen, or would you? Just- well, you've got. It sounds like what you're saying is that you've got a plan for twelve months that'll pay for itself. Right. Okay. Other than that, you go around the corner and you hire. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, uh, any any key takeaways you wanna you wanna drop on that episode, or you think we covered off on most things there? I think we've covered most things. I. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, look, let's wrap that episode up now. We're pretty much on time anyway. So what we'll do is uh, we're going to come back for the third uh, episode in this series, and we're going to talk about how you can handle negative media. So uh, stay tuned, listeners. We will be back, and that's a wrap. So if you haven't already, head across to the siteshed.com and register for our Toolbox Talks where you'll be regularly sent great episodes just like this straight to your inbox so you'll never miss one. Uh, if you want to join the community, you can head across to the siteshed.com forward slash members where for a small monthly fee, you'll get access to regularly updated training material as well as access to our forum where you can mingle and collaborate with trade-based business owners just like you from all over the world. If you're enjoying this podcast, please head across to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it, and it helps us spread the word and reach the masses. Likewise, if you know anyone that might benefit from the content we create, then please go ahead and share this with them. You've been listening to Toolbox Talks by The Site Shed. For more great content just like this, head across to thesiteshed.com and join the amazing community of savvy trade-based business owners. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000% 13,000% return on ad spend. Please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation. And I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.